Praise God. Well, today it's Father's Day. And I thought um, that's a great day to hear some wisdom from some fathers of the house. So I would love to invite um, Matt Davis, Wayne Wilkes, and Luke Greenshield up. Got some hot seats ready for them. <sighs> Before we start, I might just ask you all to introduce yourselves in case there's people in the room that don't know you. Tell us how many kids you got, what, what their ages are, and if you have a dad joke. Tell us, because it's Father's Day and we have to have a few dad jokes, yeah? G'day, um, my name's Luke Greenshields, uh, married to Nadine at the back. Um, we've got four kids, we've got Elijah five, Nathan four, and twins Annabella and Jordan, and they just turned two. Hi, I'm Matt Davis, and uh, I'm married to Trish, he's just sitting there. Um, I've got two sons, they're um, Simon, 32, and Jack, 30. No dad joke? No dad joke. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hi, uh, Wayne and my wife Sharon. We have two beautiful daughters, Chantel and Kimberly. I'm not going to tell you how old Chantel is because she's here, but Kimberly would have been 26 now and she's in paradise with our father at the moment, so waiting for us all, cheering us on. And I have a dad joke, so have you heard about the restaurant on the moon? Anybody? Um, the food's great, but there's not much atmosphere, sorry. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I have a dad joke. Am I allowed to tell one even though I'm not a dad? Amaya wrote a card to my husband, Mark. She wrote a card and she's like, here's a dad joke for you. So I'm going to tell Amaya's dad joke. And it is... Why can't you have a sick eagle as a pet? Because it's illegal. <laughs> Got a few laughs. Good effort. Praise God. All right. <laughs> I'm glad we started off with that. Um, all right. We've got some mighty men here, so I'm going to ask a few questions. The first one I'd love to ask is, we've been talking a lot about being strong in the Lord. That's been our series, Be Strong in the Lord. Um, and I was just wondering if you guys have some, some wisdom to share with us about being strong in the Lord and, and what it might look like in your life, if there's been a revelation or something that has made you strong in the Lord, we would love for you to share it with us. I'll start. Go. Um, I, I think one of the, the, one of my life things that I've learned is 
to not have my eyes on myself, but to keep my eyes on, on God because um, introspection or trying to resolve things by looking too hard at myself, it, it seldom works really well, but I really need to hear my father's words about me more than my own words about me. And um, uh, I, I can depend on that. I can go to that place. And um, I just need to hear him say that I'm his, again and again, I'm his beloved son. And uh, it's the safest, surest place to be uh, no matter what, no matter what I've done or where I've been or whether I'm really firing or not. It's, it's to just know that he's eternally my father and I'm eternally his son and to, to abide there and not, not withdraw into my own reflections on how I'm going in, in this walk. Mine's similar. Um, before I gave my heart to the Lord, we, Sharon and I, we managed to pay off our house in seven years and we thought once we'd done that, we'd have everything and we'd be self-sufficient and no, no need for anything. But after we paid it off, there was a hole that nobody, you know, it was just, you know, the God-shaped hole. And then uh, later on, the Lord called us and we gave our house to the Lord, but there was a deposit. When I did that, there was something deposited in me that I knew that I knew I'd found what I was looking for. And over the years, the more we got to know the Lord and the more time we spent in church and, and getting to know our Creator, um, there's just no doubt in my heart that um, he is he's real. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Uh, we couldn't have children, and we'd, we'd read in the word that all things are possible, so we started praying. We asked once, but then for two years, we thanked him every night when we prayed. We just thanked him for our unborn children, and then he blessed us with two beautiful young ladies. So um, relationship, I think. The, the, the more relationship you have, the stronger you become, and resilient as well. You'll go through hard times, and, uh, but you'll get through them. And his word says he will never leave you or forsake you. His plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And, uh, yeah, so that's for me. All right. Praise God. Um, Luke, can you tell us if there's been a scripture that's been speaking to you lately? What's God been teaching you through it? I guess I've got a couple of scriptures I'd like to read. They all, they all blend into the same thing. So uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we live by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our, our eyes on what which is not seen but what is unseen for what is unseen what is seen is temporary temp, temperamental <laughs> sorry and just remember this old covenant for my thoughts are not my own thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It, it's good to dwell on scriptures like that because it shows us that there's another way of looking at things. Our wisdom is not the best. There's a 
wisdom above that we can draw on and pull on. And quite often we go in life and we make decisions every day from our own understanding, our own thoughts. And we've got something bigger we can pull down from. So that's just something I've been dwelling on lately. Amen. Good word, Luke. Amen. Matt, can we ask you, is there a habit that you've built into your life that served you really well? Yeah, always listen to your wife. Always, <laughs> <laughs> um, But I uh, really hunger for discernment and um, so not taking things at face value. Uh, and it's, as uh, Chris Felton even said at this uh, post this week, that it's, it's, it's the most precious gift we can look for right now because of the uh, confusion and the fog of war, like the, um, it's even more harder to know what's going on in, around you and in the world. And um, so I'm, I'm slow to form judgments and I'm asking the Lord for wisdom and discernment about what is going on in the situation for me and what's going on in the situation for others. And in the natural, I can, um, I can have a fair idea, but I don't trust it ultimately. I want to know what he uh, is doing in, in, as best I can in the situation um, because the spirit will give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding and I don't want to be fighting the wrong battles. I, I want to know when to turn up. Um, it's, it's more than ever now I'm finding that I, I just need to ask for discernment. What is going on, God? And he's and he wants to he wants to hear me say that you know he's willing to give it but um, uh, I don't I'm sl- I want to be slow to form judgments and I want to be very quick to hear what he's saying about what what is happening in in, in my world or in, in in the world about the friends that I and people that I'm associated with. Amen, amen. Would you like to answer that one too, Wayne? Um, for me. Mine's been an ongoing process. And um, the first one is prayer, first thing in the morning. Um, why go through a battle when you don't have to? You can defeat it, pray, pray over it, first thing in the morning. And Matthew 16:19 talks about what you bind, I will bind, what you loose, I will lose. So I figure, well, I'm going to bind the attack of the enemy when I get up. And uh, I'll, I'll even sit on the edge of the bed before my feet touch the floor and I just ask him to order my steps and go ahead of me. And the second one would be to operate out of a place of peace and love. No matter what's going on around you, we have a choice of whether we respond or we react. And so now for me, and it's a process and I'm still mastering it, uh, there are some things that might push my button a little bit too quick and I respond instead of, oh sorry, I react, react instead of respond. But yeah, just to operate out of that, piece of, that place of love and peace. Uh, something for me as a habit is every morning as I drive to work, I declare over my day what my day will look like and who I'll be for that day. If I'm a person uh, of God, uh, what am I going to do? Um, laying my life down, I declare laying my life down at God's feet and what does he want me to do? 
And I find that every morning I do that, it changes the day. And if I forget, I'm a mess. Um, so just that daily action of laying my life down and declaring who my God is to me and who I am to God, it changes the atmosphere. And I just find that helps me a lot, yeah. Amen. Very good. Matt, this one's for you. Raising boys, do you have any thoughts on how to father them well? There's one uh, thing that really sticks with me with boys is, like, ever since Adam hid in the garden from God, just shame stalks men and wants to take up residence uh, in the place where acceptance and affirmation should be. And um, I'm just so, always so conscious with my sons that they, uh, I, I represent, um, I have the traits of my heavenly father and I communicate the father's heart through how I raise them. And um, the longing of their heart is affirmation and acceptance as sons in every season, you know, whether it's, um, whether things are just going fabulously or they've done something that um, uh, we're not too happy about, but to consciously not ever communicate shame or rejection because I know shame is, is at the door wanting to take up residence and, and take men out, but um, more than anything, they need to hear the, that they're affirmed and that they're accepted, those same words, that this is my, my these, they are my beloved sons in whom I'm well pleased, no matter what, that will establish them uh, in their identity more than anything, to know that they're accepted and affirmed by me uh, through every season of, of their lives. And um, so I can think of situations where, where, where uh, you know, things happened and I thought oh, this could go two ways with in, in how I responded to my son that um, uh, it, it would crush him if I uh, weaponized my authority as a father and chose to uh, communicate a bit of condemnation or or um, or, or, re- or punish him for what he'd done wrong. And um, I knew that I, I could do that. I've got the authority as a father. But I just thought that would crush him. No, like it was such a clear, um, uh, being so proactive about affirming them uh, through every season. It doesn't mean you don't speak um, wisdom and, and talk about consequences for things, but that I don't let that relationship be confused in any way, you know, that um, I don't want to in, in contaminate the relationship by handling a situation badly. It's, it's they have to know they're, they're affirmed and accepted. Amen. Amen. Good word. Wayne, raising girls, any thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Um, the first one is love them and let them know that they are loved because as they grow up and they get older, they're going to go... Um, through stages of life, and if the, if the father isn't lo- loving, then they're going to go looking for it. And the first person out there that gives them a bit of attention, they're going to be drawn to that. Hey, I've not had this before. So probably the first and foremost is let them know 
how much you love them and remind them, take them out on dates, uh, spoil them, open the door for them, show them how their husbands down the track, what you expect their husbands to do for them. But when they were young, <laughs> when they were young, um, setting healthy boundaries was, a, that's what Sharon and I did. We, um, we let the girls know what the boundaries were and if they crossed the boundary, there was going to be a consequence. And um, that varied in different, different times and stages as they're growing up. But the one thing that we did was if they did cross over, then Sharon and I followed through so that they knew, okay, I've crossed the line, this is what's going to happen. But before if there was a punishment or the consequence, we would also sit, we'd always sit them down and say, look, we love you, and this isn't you. This, we love you, but not what you do. So separating their who from their do. And uh, again, it was just reaffirming them and then following through. And then afterwards, again, just going back to that love, just reminding them how much they're loved. And they turned out pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Amen, they did. <laughs> um, Luke, can you tell us something that the fathers taught you about what healthy family looks like? Uh, for me, I think healthy family look, is modelled very well through the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They're a part of something. They're one unit. And I think even through Christ, he laid his life down at the cross and I think that's how our family's meant to look like, yeah. laying our life down for each other and for the cause of the body. And it can apply for the church or for our own home family. Like, it's about serving each other. If we don't serve each other, we don't have a connection with someone. We're just part of something. So I think until we start serving each other and laying our life down for each other, there's no connection, there's no being part of anything. So I think for me, like, I quite often get in my home family, I'm like, get so consumed with life and what's going on and I forget about laying my life down. And it becomes very quickly evident that if I don't lay my life down, it doesn't look like family anymore. It's just individuals doing their own thing. It's what brings us together. So for me, laying your life down and making it look like families what it's all about, so, yeah. If we're a church about knowing God, can you tell us what's one of your favourite ways to connect with God? Because we all connect with God in different ways because he's made us all differently. So I'd love to hear how these guys connect with God. Um, I've got... Uh, about four diaries that go back 20 years now. Um, and they're full of such random stuff that I've got from God that I thought, I think I've given up thinking, oh, I'll, I'll preach that one day. Like, they're just things that I've, he's, I've picked, got from the Word mostly, you know? There's dreams and things but, and prophetic words, but mostly just from reading ordinary scripture and, and, and there's a familiarity to most of it, but then there'd be, there's always something that I go, well, wonder why he did that, you know? And there's a question will arise and it just starts this, quest, this process with the Lord of going, what? 
that's interesting, you know. Why, why did my eyes just keep going back over that and not move on to the next chapter? And, and it's, it's off, so often just started this conversation with the Lord of going, what, why did he do that? What, what, I, don't understand, I, don't, I don't understand that, you know. Um, why didn't he just do the other thing? Or, um, and then it starts this conversation that, like, he, it was, it was just the smallest part, you know, like, it was 90% familiarity, but there's a small part there, you go, I've read this before, but I didn't really think a lot about that bit, so I love the way he speaks to me through the word that way, and, um, and, and, and it just, when I ask, and when I start asking, you know, he, he and meditating on it, there's, um, yeah, he's always got something to say, you know. There's just something new about it that is uh, that I just treasure in my heart and put it in the diary. I, lo- I love that, that the, the word just doesn't get boring that way. There's, there's just always something in there that if, if I've just got the eyes or the ears to just think, why, why, did, that, why did that happen, you know? Like, so a simple thing, but I, that's what I love doing, so... For me, um, I love going on long trips. Uh, back in Brisbane, we used to drive from Brisbane down to Adelaide and then to Port Lincoln, and I'd do that trip by myself down to Adelaide. And I rem- remember one particular time I was driving down, and I've been down that highway about eight times, and out of the blue, I was just... Actually, I was weeping in the car, I was just worshipping, and in this paddock, there was a massive yellow billboard, and it had Jesus loves you on this billboard, Look, and it was like a brand-new billboard. And I thought, I've never seen it before, and when I drove back, I'll look for it. It wasn't there, and every trip afterwards, and I've travelled about three times, exactly the same way, and I've never seen that billboard again. So make what you will of that. So spending time in worship and by myself, and the other one is um, reading Scripture, but you read it and then put it down, like read a chapter, put it down, go away, and then go back and read the footnotes and see what the footnotes have to say about it. And I'll put that down, and then I'll go back, and then I'll, I'll write anything that I've highlighted, I'll write down in a journal, and then I'll go back to the footnotes and just see what, how it all lines up, and it, it just flows so beautifully, and it, and it all makes perfect sense. So for me, um, they're the two ways, and worship is a good one. Just, yeah, do worship, it's good. Uh, go to scripture, John 4:25. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I think for me, to connect with God is about connecting spirit to spirit. It's about not thinking too much and just being with God. And that can look different for different times, different places like I sit on a lawnmower all day at work, so it's just like not thinking and just going brain dead and just focusing on God. And other times it's just laying in bed in the dark, just meditating on the person of God and who he is. And out of that place, like, it changes my life. Like, it's encountering God every moment of every day. So for me, it's connecting my heart to his, um, yeah. Amen. Amen. I hope this is inspiring you guys. Um, Wayne, we've got one for you. When you discipline your child, 
How do you do it in love that results <laughs> in healing? <laughs> I, think, I think I might have covered that in another question, actually. But um, whatever, whatever we do has to be in love. And if it's not in love, then it's no longer discipline. It becomes abuse, if that makes sense. It can trip over into abuse. So don't discipline them if you're angry. Um, we would... <laughs> I won't even look at Chantel now. Anyway, over the years, I have been known. Um, fatherhood is something a man has to grow into. We don't get a book and it says, this is how you do it. And uh, if, we if we weren't Christians, it would be a lot different. It would be terrible. It would be. Uh, I was brought up in an abusive family, and um, I'm proud to say, and I, I'm not that way with our girls. I never have been. But they have been disciplined. There was a wooden spoon in the house, and we had to use it. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little wooden stirring spoon, but we did go out and we found one. Um, that was about three foot long and it had the world's greatest stirrer on it and it was massive and I took it home and I put it up on the mantelpiece and I said to the girls do you like the new smack spoon and they stood there and both their jaws dropped <laughs> and I said well that's so I can get both cheeks at once <laughs> and they yeah I never used it so anyway um, so we used to count to one two three if they're doing something that was dangerous we count one two three if we got to three, then it was a smack spoon. And to be honest, we only ever had to use it a handful of times because if we started to count, and there was one time I went from one straight to three and it was with Shantua, and she goes, but, but you didn't say two. And I said, I'm never going to have to say two. And so from then, if we said one, that was it. It was over and done with. Not, they didn't pursue it. Um, but the main thing was in love to reassure if you had to follow through with punishment to go back and reassure they are loved and it's the action not the person okay um yeah amen all right final question if you wanted to encourage the men of the house today not just the fathers but the men of, of glory city darwin what would you say to the men of the house today um I'm just, I, I just marvel how men and women actually are quite, uh, are so different and men are made to fight for something and uh, uh, we're just wired that way to, to accomplish something and uh, I think that there's the confusion that's in this age is that we, it's knowing which battle you want to fight and um, working that one out with God and, and then knowing when to turn up. You don't turn up this for everything, but the anointing is on you turning up at the right time with um, uh, that you're, the, the thing that you've been appointed to do. So just knowing that um, there's, um, there's battles that the Lord's calling you to and there's a part in the battle that he's called you to and that there's great anointing on the thing that you do. If you, if you turn up, for, if you get those two things right, you'll, you'll uh, it, like he's so, I just had this vision and we're in worship of, of, of 
like guys lined up in suits of armour and just the words were, if you advance, you will take ground. Like it's, it's just there's such a confidence in if, if we get some of these things right, we get the order of things right, that we will take ground. And, um, but, this, but distraction is our enemy, so guys are fighting the wrong things and yeah. uh, getting, um, just getting bored with things because they're meant to be fighting something, so they're getting distracted with other things. But, but there's, it, it's being around other men who can help you um, not, not drink tea together. Like, <laughs> we, you need to fight for something. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Uh, for me, I'd say there's a scripture in the Bible about running a race. And I find quite often you trip up when you stop running. I think the most important thing to do is keep on running. You fall up, get up and keep running. Because as soon as we stop, we start thinking and we start doing things that we shouldn't be doing or losing our focus on God and forget where our feet are. But if we start, keep running and not stop, we've got less distractions less things to get in our head, less things to take our eyes off of Jesus. So I think, yeah, that's something Grace, we love you. We love you, Grace. Oh, we love you so much. Bless you. Um, the one for me would be pray. Pray if God can accomplish more in one minute than we can in a lifetime. And if you're going through a battle, recognise condemnation, deal with it because it's not of God. There is no condemnation. So recognise what it is. Stand firm, pray, lay it down and keep walking on. Don't let that weigh you down like an anchor. And the second thing would be get alongside other men. Men are so good at isolating and the enemy is even better at isolating men. Is a, a thing about a man who thinks, oh, no, I'm not going to share this, or I'm not going to share that. Oh, I can't do that. I'll just be embarrassed. And Yeah. So they won't do it. They won't, they won't even go to a men's group. So I encourage you, get alongside other men, like-minded men, and iron sharpens iron. You know, you have so much to offer other people, and even the young guys, there's, get alongside others. Uh, get alongside the grown-ups. You can... You can sharpen us too. You've got a bit, bit of good stuff in you. So, and we're willing to learn. So bring it on, guys. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How awesome are these guys? Amen. Give them a clap. I feel like we're so blessed to have the wisdom of these guys and so many so many other men and fathers in our community. So we're so blessed. So thank you guys for just sharing a tiny bit of your hearts today. We so appreciate it. To end, I would actually love to pray for all the men in our community. If you're a man, I would love to pray for you. Um, And I'd love you to be brave and come and stand up the front. And as a church community, ladies, I would love for us to lay our hands on the men and bless them Um, and encourage them and 
just pray for the fire of God on their lives. So if you're a guy, young ones too, don't be shy. Tully, I feel like I would love you to pray with me if you're willing. And girls, I would love you to like come up and like put your hand on one of the guys and let's bless the men of our community, hey? Let's bless them. Hmm. I feel like I hear, I was praying for you men and I, I felt the Lord speak. And I felt the Lord say, I want to give you your roar back. I want to give you your roar back. That's what the Father's saying over the men of this community. I want to give you your roar back. And I felt the Father say, there's been an assignment from hell to discourage, to isolate and to disarm the men. And if you've been wondering why you feel so blah about things, <laughs> I'm here to tell you today, it's because there's an enemy that's, that's creeping around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's why you're feeling blah, because there's an enemy of your soul. <laughs> and he's trying to disarm you. But I hear the Lord saying, rise up, sons. He's saying, rise up, sons. I hear the Lord saying, I've created you to stand. I've created you to carry weight in my kingdom. I've created you to fight for me. I've created you to push back darkness. And I hear the Lord saying, it's time to get up and fight. Your families are counting on it. Your church community is counting on it. Your city is counting on it. All of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And I hear the Lord saying, comparison kills. Stop looking at others. Look at the Lord. And stop waiting for someone else to take the lead. <laughs> You're a man. You're created to lead. <laughs> The Lord says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So hear what the spirit is saying and burn for the Lord. Over you men, I want to release a fresh anointing and a fresh wind of the spirit. I pray for personal revival over every single man represented here personal revival we release revival the fire of God in your hearts we release the revival fire of the spirit of God in every single heart here we pray that you will be personally revived by the Holy Spirit and we bless you we bless you men of God we bless you in your going out and your coming in. We bless the work of your hands. We bless your families. We bless your relationships. We bless your work. We bless your ministry. We bless the conversations that you have. And we bless the destiny of God over each of your lives. We bless you guys. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
Jesus, I just thank you for each one of your precious sons here today, Lord. And the ones who aren't here, we pray for them too, Lord. Father, I thank you that, that your heart is so for each man here, Jesus. And Lord, I just say we trust you. We trust you with these men, God. We trust you to finish the work you started. I thank you, Lord, that, um, <laughs> that as the women in their lives, Lord, that, that your spirit will just show us, Father, show us how to encourage, show us how to pray, show us how to um, not always take the lead so that there's a place for them to take the lead. <laughs> um, Lord, I just thank you for each one here. I thank you, Father, that your hand is upon them, that you have not forsaken them, that you're calling them higher and calling them deeper and that they can trust you, Jesus. They can trust you to complete what you've started in them, Father. Mm. I thank you for the words, the promises, the prophecies that have been spoken over each one, Father. We just declare them to be fulfilled that they will see a quickening, Father, a quickening of the things in their hearts that they've longed to see in you to come to pass, Father, as they just choose to, to get up and keep running, to, to stand and not shrink back. <laughs> Thank you, Father. We just bless them in your name. And we honour them. We respect them, Jesus. We honour them and we respect them. In Jesus' name, amen.